You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Today is Wednesday, June 2nd, and we are into the month of June. So maybe off-season for college basketball, but of course there's more to Gonzaga than just college basketball. And that includes the baseball team, who is officially a two-seed in the NCAA tournament inside the Eugene Regional. They are going to take on LSU this Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific on ESPN3 in the NCAA tournament. For more coverage on the LSU side of things, tune in to the Locked on SEC podcast uh, with host Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Locked on SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the show, we are going to preview that Eugene Regional. How does Gonzaga match up with LSU? And what does Gonzaga need to do to win a regional for the first time since the expansion era. We are also going to hear from Gonzaga Basketball's new assistant coach, Stephen Gentry. He is on the show today because he sat down with Brenna Green and our partners over at Krem 2 in Spokane. And he discussed his homecoming and he discussed how great it feels to be back in Spokane and all the friendly faces that he has seen around Gonzaga. And of course, we are going to finish the show today with the seventh ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era. We are getting down to the end of our recruiting rankings. But we start the show today with Gonzaga baseball. Like we expected on Monday, Gonzaga got a two seed in the Eugene Regional. And that was pretty much a given after Spokane was not given a hosting site uh, for the NCAA tournament. So Gonzaga is a two seed. They will be part of a four-team double elimination tournament that also features Oregon, LSU, and Central Connecticut. Oregon and Central Connecticut are playing each other at 2 p.m. on Friday, while Gonzaga and LSU play each other at 7 p.m. on Friday, and that game is going to be on ESPN3. The winners and the losers of those two games will play each other on Saturday. So let's talk about LSU and Oregon because those are going to be the two main teams that stand in the way of Gonzaga getting to a Super Regional. LSU, the team that Gonzaga plays Friday, they were squarely on the bubble uh, leading into Selection Monday. And a lot of people had them on the wrong side of the bubble. Turns out they got in the tournament. They went 13-17 and in the SEC this year, which was ninth best in the league. And they also lost in the first round of the SEC tournament. So you can see why a lot of folks had them out of the NCAA tournament altogether. But the committee decided that LSU's RPI, which is at 28, and their fourth-ranked strength of schedule nationally, those two things were enough to keep them in the field. Uh, Their non-conference was fantastic. They went 21-5 and before kind of getting beat up a little bit in the SEC. But they did win each of their last four series in the SEC, before losing in that first round of the SEC tournament. Their head coach is Paul Maneri, and he announced last week that he is retiring at the end of this season. He has been a head coach for 39 years at the Division I level, with 15 of those coming at LSU. He's guided the Tigers to five different College World Series. They won the championship, the whole shebang, back in 2009, and they were runners-up in 2017. So they have a very, very long history of being very, very good. And in his last season as head coach, you know that his team is going to basically scratch and claw until the last second uh, to play for uh, their manager. 
But of course, the past is the past, and those College World Series teams are not this uh, LSU team. This is not exactly a vintage LSU team of the past. They have a lot of flaws, especially on the pitching staff, because their bullpen has been a real problem all season long. They really only have two reliable bullpen arms, and that's it. They don't really have a super consistent second starter either. The problem is that Gonzaga gets to face their ace, the one guy who can absolutely steal a game for them on any given day, and that's Landon Marceau. Marceau did not give up an earned run this season until his sixth start of the year. He went 32 innings to start the season without allowing a single earned run. He is that good. He had a really, really bad outing midway through the season against Vanderbilt that kind of pumped up his ERA a little bit. But otherwise, he has been an all-SEC type pitcher for most of the season. Uh, He's got a 2.26 ERA across 91 and two-thirds innings. And he's got an absolutely insane strikeout-to-walk ratio of 107 to 22. And he's going up against Gonzaga's ace, Alec Jacob, whose numbers are remarkably similar. Across 76 and two-thirds innings this season, uh, Alec Jacob's strikeout-to-walk ratio is 103 to 17. And he has a 2.82 ERA. Gonzaga has not lost a game where Alec Jacob has started since April 9th when the uh, Gonzaga bullpen gave up seven runs to St. Mary's in the ninth inning of that game. All seven games that Jacob has started in conference play were considered quality starts, which is six-plus innings pitched and three or fewer runs given up. So the pitching matchup in this game is the two aces, and it's really everything you could ask for in a playoff game, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic to watch. Jacob, he has his work cut out for him with LSU's uh, top half of the lineup. Their leadoff hitter, Trey Morgan, is hitting 370 this season. He leads the team uh, in doubles as well, with 15 doubles. And then their two, three, four hitters are all absolute sluggers. All three of them can hit the ball out of the ballpark at any given time. Dylan Cruz is hitting 350. He's got 13 homers. Kate Dowdy's hitting 303. He's got 12 homers. Gavin Dugas is hitting 291. He leads the team with 16 homers and a team best 60 RBIs and a team best slugging percentage of 607. Their top four in the order are as dangerous as they come nationally. But their five through nine hitters, I don't think, are as good as Gonzaga's. I think Gonzaga as a whole, one through nine, may have the better lineup because they've got nine guys who are going to make you work all the time. They may not have the power, uh, but they've got nine guys who can make you work and grind out at bats. But LSU's heart of the order, two, three, four guys, exponentially more slugging, more power. Uh, They can hit homers with the best of them. So it's going to be interesting to see how. Alec Jacob manages that and how he kind of uses his off-speed stuff to keep those guys off balance and limit some of that power. If Gonzaga beats LSU, in all likelihood, they're going to play Oregon, a top 16 national seed. They faced each other a couple weeks ago back in Eugene. Gonzaga went up 3-0 in that game before falling 10-3. The Ducks, they have a trio of really, really good starting pitchers who they've thrown all season long, and they are really interchangeable. They can pitch uh, any of them on Saturday in a potential matchup. The biggest question here in this game is the health of Gabriel Hughes. He has been Gonzaga's Saturday starter all season long uh, up until he got injured at the end of April. If he's ready to play, I imagine he's going to pitch on Saturday. Before he got hurt, Hughes was arguably more dominant than Alec Jacob was. He gave up just three runs in 27 innings across four starts before that finger injury. 
He's also their starting designated hitter for most of this season, and he's tied for third on the team in home runs. So he plays both ways, and they're absolutely going to need him this weekend. On the pitching side of things, they desperately need him back because their starting pitching behind Jacob over the last month has been, I'd say, inconsistent at best. William Kempner, Alec Gomez, Bradley Mullen, they've all had really good moments as starters, but they've also had some really, really bad ones. Nico Zeglin, uh, who's actually started against Oregon when those two teams played back in May, he had been pitching really, really well in April leading into that game, but he broke his leg in, in that Oregon game on a line drive that went back uh, and, and smacked him in the leg, so he's done for the season. So Gonzaga really just doesn't have a third reliable starting pitcher right now. So if Gabriel Hughes is unavailable for the second game of this regional, it is going to be very, very interesting to see what uh, head coach Mark Maktop does with his pitching staff. But by all accounts, it sounds like the plan has been for Hughes to come back in the tournament and for him to play. And with him, I think they've got a chance to beat the Ducks and win this regional. We are going to talk more about this regional on Friday as well, but as an overall primer, it is really, really hard to win a regional from the loser's bracket. You have to win three games in two days in order to advance from the loser's bracket, and that requires really deep pitching staffs and a ton of timely hitting. So the importance of winning game one is just massive. So Gonzaga. Takes on LSU Friday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN3. If they win that game, they'll play Saturday night at 7 o'clock again, most likely against Oregon. Uh, But if they lose on Friday, they'll play at 1 p.m. Pacific on Saturday afternoon. That is it for the Gonzaga Baseball Talk today. Coming up, Stephen Gentry. He talked with Brenna Green about how excited he is to return to Spokane this coming season and the warm welcome he has received from everybody. So hear from Gonzaga's new assistant coach here in just a minute. But first, a minute to talk about rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. Did you know the Giants are in first place in the National League? How about those San Francisco Giants? National Basketball Association, National Hockey League, both in the playoffs right now. It is the perfect time to get in on the fun. You can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and, of course, all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Okie dokie, here we go. It's Stephen Gentry, former Gonzaga walk-on 
former Gonzaga director of basketball operations, and now Gonzaga assistant coach. He sat down with Brenna Green to discuss it all. Enjoy. It, it does feel like home. It really feels like everyone's been asking, you know, how's it feel to be back? Um, it really feels like I never left. Um, and I think that just speaks to the consistency of this program. You know, I mean, as I kind of pop around and meet different people, it, it, it's the same people, right? Um, just the consistency and the leadership, the consistency in um, the, the staff, the administration. Um, it almost, again, just feels like I, I never really left. Yeah. So uh, w- when Tommy leaves, just what, what was your what was your reaction when, when you saw there was an open spot on the staff? Well, I was, first of all, just so happy for Tommy, um, for someone who had been um, so valuable to the Gonzaga program It worked so hard, had so much success, a lot of it behind the scenes, um, especially early on in his career. Um, I know how hard it is to get a head job, um, you know, having been at other spots and, and, and knowing the business. So for Tommy to get um, that Arizona job was, that was my first thought. I was like, wow, just, just so hop, happy for him. Um, um, knew he'd uh, worked so hard for that opportunity and knew he'd crush it as well. So, um, and then you kind of take a step back and it's like, well, wait, you know, now there's, there's an opportunity available at my alma mater, my dream gig. And it's like, um, wow, I, I'd, I'd certainly love to go back. Did few call you up and basically was like, Hey, like if you want it, like this, this probably is yours or what was kind of the process there? Well, that's what was so funny. You know, when, when Tommy left or, you know, the rumors were starting to get out with Tommy, you know, everyone started asking me, Hey, are you going to Arizona? Are you going to Gonzaga? You know, what's the deal? And, and Hey, have you talked to Gonzaga lately? And it's like, I find that so funny because I mean, I'd talk to Gonzaga every day, you know, like Brian Michelson and I literally talk every single day. So it's not unusual you know, for me to quote unquote, talk to Gonzaga, but um, yeah, I had a few really good conversations with, with coach few, um, you know, about the possibility of it and really talk things through. He was, he was so great through the process in terms of working w- with Illinois, um, really communicating with coach Underwood. Um, they have a lot of mutual respect for each other. So um, coach, you did a great job of just kind of honoring the process and handling it the right way. Um, you know, with Illinois and um, yeah, then it kind of just kind of just came together and there were some weird omens out there. I mean, not that they had to pull my chain to convince me to come back, but I was, I was kind of working through um, the decision-making process. I, I, I went to the eye doctor and to get a, to get an updated eye exam and the bottom line that I had to read, you know, was said zags. So I'm like, okay, like that's a sign. And then I finally was like, hey, it was a long year. I've got to, I've got to get out of town, you know, kind of clear my mind and, and, and decide what to do. And so I uh, go to Arizona with my brother and we're going to play golf and we get paired with, with two other people and they're from Spokane. So it's like, okay, God's telling me here what to do here and, and, and point me in the right direction. So uh, with those two omens, I uh, made the decision and um, I've been all in ever since. You mentioned Brian. I know you guys were walk-ons together. Just um, how does it feel to be back on the same staff as him? And I mean, you've you you you've been a big part of his career, and vice versa for so long. Yeah, we're the we're the best of friends. Um, you know, we've been through so so much together as, as players um, through the coaching industry. Um, even while we were apart, we're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. 
Um, I think we go through the same struggles and frustrations and stresses um, of the business. So I think we're always kind of leaning on each other. Um, but I think Brian and I, we just work together really, really well. Um, I think we see things the same way. Um, I, I think we see the game differently, but we have the same, you know, standards and, and, and beliefs. And um, no, I think we're just a great resource and we just kind of make a, a, a great team. And I think along with Roger as well, um, us as three assistants will um, we'll be a great team and a great unit. Yeah, just kind of tell fans what what you expect to bring to this team as an assistant coach and, and what, what you expect to do and what your strengths are. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I bring a great balance of, you know, I know the Gonzaga way, um, having been a, a former player, um, having been a former staff member, but I also have, you know, 13 years of experience, you know, outside these walls. Um, you know, I have worked in the SEC, the Big 12, um, the Big Ten. Um, I've, I've recruited a bunch of different areas in this country. So I think I bring this great balance of knowing how this program needs to be ran and, and the expectations that Coach View has, but yet also, you know, some new fresh ideas um, in really all facets, whether that's recruiting um, or player development or, you know, X's and O's. Um, and I think that was probably the biggest thing that Coach View and I talked about was um, I, I think he just wants to really lock into my creativity. Um, I think that's something that I'm really big into is, is just my innovativeness, my creativity, especially on the offensive side. Um, you know, I had the opportunity this season to, to run the offense for Illinois and, and be our play caller. Um, you know, so I spent a lot of time studying that side of the ball, studying yearly basketball, um, which was a, an influence of, of Tommy Lloyd that trickled down to me. Um, so I think, yeah, just my creativity, my innovativeness, and then just all that experience outside of these walls that, um, that I can bring to the table. Yeah, you mentioned being back so far and how it's a lot of the same people and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this is kind of a different era of Gonzaga basketball. Uh, and you've been a part of, you know, you know, the time in 2000, you know, 2002, 2006, which is, you know, it's, it's a different time. And even the last time you were here, is a different time. Just what does it feel like to kind of be a part of a team now where quite frankly, the goal is national championship or bust. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, that's, what's been so cool about this program over the years. It's, it's continually uh, evolved. Um, it, Gonzaga knows who they are. Um, they know their standards. They know how they want the program to be ran, but um, they're constantly picking and probing and finding ways to, to get better and to evolve. And it, it's funny, as I was kind of packing up things in Champagne, I came across the, the Decade of Excellence um, DVD. You know, it was like the 99 to, you know, 2009. I was showing my daughter and it's like, you could also kind of make another one for the next decade. I mean, this, um, the, the consistency of this program has been um, so remarkable. And obviously, you know, that, that, that's Coach View and, and the staff over the years that have worked so hard. But I think it's this, this, this mindset, this growth mindset of always wanting to improve and, and push. And, and here we are now, you know, having played in, you know, two of the last four national championship games and, you know, six straight Sweet 16s. Um, the growth here is late and the success here as of late um, is, is incredible. What would it mean to you, especially as an alum, to be a part of the first coaching staff to bring a national championship to Gonzaga? Oh, I mean, it'd be, it'd be unbelievable, um, you know, and, and as a former player and, a, and obviously to be on that staff, it, that, that'd, be, that'd be the ultimate. Um, 
you know, goal and, and dream. And we're obviously working towards that, um, you know, every single day, but, um, you know, I think that's uh, all of us, um, that have, that have put so much into this program, um, would have incredible pride in that we'd all be, um, a part of that. I mean, I remember when I was at the 2017, you know, final four and I wasn't part of staff and they had us back as former players. Um, you know, we all had so much pride in that. So it wouldn't be, just me or just the staff that would be a part of that. It'd be all the former players and coaches that over the years have, have helped push this program um, forward. And I think that's what makes this program so unique and so special is the brotherhood amongst the, the different eras um, uh, of the Zags. I mean, some of my best friends um, are Zags that I didn't even play with. Uh, Richie Fromm uh, was one of my best friends. Um, I didn't play with him. Um, I, I walk into the gym here on my first day, Eric McClellan, um, is in the gym working out. I didn't play with him. He gives me a big old hug. Um, so there's just this really cool, um, connection between all these former Zags. So we, we would all take incredible pride. Um, you know, if we were someday be able to cut down the nets. As always a big thank you to Brenna for allowing us to use that audio. Steven Gentry, he is an incredible basketball mind. The efficiency numbers at Illinois while he was on staff there the last couple of seasons skyrocketed. The defensive efficiency was fantastic. The offensive efficiency was top 10 in the country. But I think it's also really cool to see two former walk-ons in Stephen Gentry and Brian Michelson have such an enormous impact on the program now as two of the three main assistant coaches. So that's pretty sweet to see. The interesting thing to watch for me is how uh, Stephen Gentry is going to come in and be able to recruit because Tommy Lloyd was known as one of the better recruiters in the country, especially internationally. Speaking of recruiting, we are finishing the show today with the seventh ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era. And I'll be honest, of all of the classes, and I know I've said this before, this is absolutely true of this one, 100% the hardest one to rank. Before we find out who that is, a minute to talk about Built Bar. It is not hard for me to rank my favorite Built Bar. It is Salted Caramel. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you don't want Salted Caramel, of course, you can try a mixed box with multiple flavors as I have done in the past. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they are healthy as well. They are great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, we're getting down to the end of this thing. A quick recap for those that are new here. Over the last month or so, we have been counting down from worst recruiting class to best recruiting class of the Mark Few era. These rankings do include transfers, and those transfers count from the year they entered the program. The most notable walk-ons also included. These are my own personal rankings, and you always feel free to debate them with me. Their combination of talent, success, and what they meant to the program as a whole. We are down... Now to the final seven classes of the Mark Few era. It's really the cream of the crop now. And today's class may end up being the best ever when it's all said and done. But for now, 
I have to cap them and I have to put them at seven. The seventh ranked recruiting class of the Mark View era is the class of 2021. This current class, the one that arrives in, uh, into Spokane this summer, the class of 2021, and it is a big one. Chet Holmgren, Hunter Salas, Nolan Hickman, Caden Perry, Rashir Bolton. Chet Holmgren, the unanimous number one prospect in the country. He is going to be an absolute game changer on the defensive end. He's going to impact the game maybe more than any Gonzaga player ever has on that end of the floor. Hunter Salas, an absolutely explosive athlete, may be the bounciest Gonzaga guard possibly ever. Um, There's a lot of competition for that, obviously, uh, but he is an absolutely incredible athlete. I think he's really, really good. Uh, He can be really, really good defensively. I think he's a good mid-range shooter, uh, but we'll see what his three-point shot looks like uh, when he comes to Spokane. Nolan Hickman, the latest recruit, uh, point guard. He is ranked 30th nationally. He is, by all accounts, really, really good in ball screens and really, really good in transition. And that is pretty much Gonzaga's system. So it's going to be a lot of fun watching him work in that system. Caden Perry, ranked uh, top 55, top 60 nationally. I think he's a top 50 recruit. Uh, He is a freak athlete as well, super bouncy, a really quick second jump. He's great around the rim. Uh, He's developed a little bit of a jumper here over the last year. The biggest thing with him right now is that he's got a back injury. So I don't know how much he's going to contribute as a freshman. And then you've got Rasheer Bolton, a third-team All-Big 12 performer, a really good player the last two years at Iowa State. He contributed a bunch as a freshman at Penn State as well. Um, He's played a lot of Big environments. He's not going to be afraid of the big moment. He's going to be a great piece for Gonzaga. So on paper, it is the best recruiting class in school history. It is currently ranked number two nationally and is probably the most exciting class that Gonzaga has brought in. The issue is that they've never played a game. So where exactly do you rank a class and a group of players that has never stepped foot on the floor? And for me, I don't think it's fair to... Uh, Jalen Suggs. I don't think it's fair to Kelly Olynyk. I don't think it's fair to Kevin Pangos. I don't think it's fair to Josh Perkins. I don't think it's fair to any of those guys to have this class ahead of all of them. Obviously, we can look back on this in one year, two years, three years from now and say, yeah, this is definitely the best recruiting class in school history. But the thing that I would caution is the class of 2019 with... Arlauskas and Zakharov and Balo, Timmy, Watson, Brock Reve, like that class was the best class in Gonzaga history at the time. And it ended up really just being a two person recruiting class. So um, I think all four of these uh, current freshmen are better than that group of freshmen. But like I said, they have not played a game. And you never know. Some of these kids uh, could not be. Uh, they could not live up to the hype. You don't know that. So uh, with all that said, I'm going to cap them at seven. And uh, I hope they end up being number one because Chet Holmgren, like I said, I am fascinating to see how Gonzaga utilizes him. Uh, he is a unicorn in the best sense of the word. Hunter Salas, I think, can step into that Joel Ayayi role uh, where he's a really good rebounder, does all the little things really well, and makes really big plays. So we'll see what happens. But right now, um, it's going to be number seven. It is number one in all of our hearts in terms of excitement and hype. Um, But until they actually prove something on the court together, uh, I'm going to put them at seventh overall of the Mark Fuera. 
That's going to do it for today's show. Like I've mentioned the last two episodes now, we are moving to three days a week for a little while. So we're going to be back on Friday this week, which means it is another Gonzaga Five Star Friday. Please send over your Gonzaga story for me to share on the show. If you'd like, it could be anonymous. If you don't want your name attached to it, that's totally fine. Feel free to email the show, lockedonzags at gmail.com with your Gonzaga story. Or you can tweet it to me at scargo. That is at s. K-A-R-R-G-0, or you can tweet the the, uh, the podcast page as well, at Locked on Zags. On Friday's show, we are also going to hear from Gonzaga's latest commitment, Nolan Hickman. He talked with Brenna recently, and they discussed his recruitment, and they discussed uh, when he plans on getting to Spokane. Plus, of course, we are going to reveal the sixth ranked class of the Mark Fuera, a packed Friday show coming up for you guys uh, coming up this Friday. Don't forget, you can also tune into the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today, they are discussing the Los Angeles Lakers, who got absolutely embarrassed by Phoenix last night. Is this the end for LA? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at Go. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions or ideas you want me to talk about over the summer, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We will see you back here on Friday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.